TCU had four players selected to the All Big 12 preseason media team uh, that came out today. Three of those were on defense. Only one offensive player was named, and it might not be a guy you expect. Should the Frogs feel uh, jilted or disrespected? We'll break that all down next. I'm locked on Horned Frogs. You are locked on Horned Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horned Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Locked On Horned Frogs, your team every day. We are on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us uh, in audio form, wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. So we're talking today about uh, the preseason All-Big 12 team. That came out this afternoon. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, Wednesday evening. It came out Wednesday afternoon. It's selected by the media. And we spent some time this offseason discussing how TCU, obviously, from a national perspective, I think there's some disrespect there. They're losing a lot of pieces. I feel like the the media narrative is that they'll be a good team, not really a great team, not a factor in the Big 12 championship race. The preseason media poll will come out, I believe, the day before Big 12 media days. I'll be at Big 12 media days in person, hopefully have some audio and video content for you. But four players from TCU did make the Big 12 all preseason uh, team. Now, a, a couple things to remember about this. At the end of the season, the Big 12 will do their awards and their, uh, you know, teams and all those things. At that time, you know, first team, a second team. I can't remember if there's a third team named or not, but you have honorable mention players. I mean, there's a lot of different players that get recognized for outstanding play in the Big 12 Conference. The uh, preseason team is just one. It's one uh, set of offensive players, one set of defensive players. And so it's a much smaller pool of people. And for obvious reasons, a a lot of this is just about returning production. So your superlative awards uh, from the preseason variety, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback named preseason offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. The media projects it to be Jalen Ford, the Texas linebacker and newcomer of the year. uh, Treshawn Ward, Kansas state running back will be replacing Deuce Vaughn, uh, the newcomer from Florida state out of the transfer portal. Uh, For the offensive side of the ball, your quarterback, Jalen Daniels from Kansas, Richard Reese from Baylor, your running back, Devin Neal from Kansas, your running back, Uh, Ben Sennett from Kansas State, your fullback, Brennan Presley, Oklahoma State wide receiver, Xavier Worthy from Texas wide receiver, Uh, Duran Bradley, Texas Tech wide receiver, Jatavian Sanders that tied in for Texas um, offensive lineman, Mike Nervosky from Kansas, Cooper Beebe from Kansas State, Kelvin Banks from Texas, uh, Zach Frazier from West Virginia, Griffin Kell, the TCU kicker, named the team, and then Philip Brooks is your specialist uh, on the kick return and punt return. So Griffin Kell, the only player named in the offensive category from this TCU team. I had a ballot. Um, the only TCU players I put on the offensive side of the ball in the ballot was wide receiver JoJo Earl. I had him in the mix there. But, you know, that's a lot of returning production with guys like Brendan Presley, Xavier Worthy, et cetera at that receiver spot, and even though I think JoJo Earl's going to be a really good player for TCU this year, he's coming from Alabama where he didn't do a whole lot, you know, on the field from a production standpoint, and he's in a new environment now. Um, I also had Jared Wiley tied in, but I understand why a lot of people went with Jatavian Sanders. I think Jared Wiley's going to have a big year, though. But this is not surprising to me. I mean, I feel like when all the dust settles and the season starts, there will be TCU players that are part of this that will have big-time seasons. 
Um, I think Chandler Morris has a chance to have a big time season. But I mean, when you look at it, it's uh, it's it's solely based really on what did you do last year? And so guys that were productive last season are going to get preference in this role. Um, Jalen Daniels as your offensive player of the year. I think that's a solid pick. You know, we'll see what happens with Quinn Ewers at Texas. Obviously Chandler Morris at TCU uh, has a chance to explode. This usually goes to a quarterback, but Jalen Daniels was a huge part of KU's offense last year. TCU didn't see him for a full game last season. They ended up seeing Jason Bean. I I made this comment on Twitter the other day because somebody brought up a play from the Oklahoma state game. And I was like, man, that was an insane game. Double overtime. I might've already said this. Sorry if it's, I'm, I'm repeating myself. Double overtime game. TCU wins 43 to 40. Crazy environment, all the things. Um, and it might not have even been like the sixth craziest game in TCU season. Like there were just so many down to the wire, insane back and forth contests. And that KU game's another one early in the year. I believe the final score was 38 to 31. Max Duggan hits Quentin Johnson at the end of the game. On a great touchdown pass, Marcel Brooks makes a huge tackle on the ensuing drive for Kansas. The defense steps up and makes a play. But Jason Bean was throwing that ball all over the field. He was making plays for KU. Uh, Lance Leipold, really good coach. They have a really uh, innovative offense, kind of a triple option spread attack, and they create great opportunities um, for their skill guys to break out. So not surprised that Jalen Daniels is the dude there. And I think TCU will be fine. Um, it's just, it, it's another sign of what people kind of think of TCU is that they lost a ton of production, which they did. And you have a lot of guys with potential. I think there's a lot of players that could and will have fantastic seasons for the frogs, but you don't have a lot of players, especially in offense that are returning, um, with production and with skins on the wall and the ability to say, yes, I've done this at a high level in this conference before. So that is your offensive side on the defensive side. TCU was better represented. Um, defensive lineman, Dante Cornelli from Cincinnati, Ethan Downs from Oklahoma, Dominic Williams, TCU nose guard on this list, uh, Byron Murphy also from Texas, Jalen Hutchins from Texas Tech, Colin Oliver, linebacker from Oklahoma State, Johnny Hodges, linebacker from TCU, Jalen Ford, linebacker from Texas, who was also your preseason defensive player of the year. Uh, in the secondary, TJ Tampa, Iowa State, Kobe Bryant, Kansas, Kobe Savage, Kansas State, Um, Kendall Daniels, Oklahoma State, Josh Newton makes the team from TCU, and Mason Fletcher is your punter from Cincinnati. So three guys make the list on defense, Dominic Williams, nose guard who had a huge freshman season last year, Josh Newton at corner, and Johnny Hodges at linebacker. That makes sense. The only guy I had on my ballot that wasn't on the list was Bud Clark, the safety. Um, I think Bud's going to have a great season. A lot of returning production from that safety position, which I feel like will be a, a fantastic position group for TCU this football season. On the defense side of the ball, not really anybody that I can say got snubbed. I think Avery Helm is going to be a really good player. Um, a little surprised he's not there at the DB spot. But, again, I think a lot of people just – they don't – you know, other than maybe like some of the big-name offensive transfer players, they just don't think of guys coming in on defense. But Avery was a multi-year starter at Florida, who did an outstanding job, and I feel like it's going to be a pretty seamless transition for him to come into the Big 12 and make plays, create turnovers, create chaos at a high level. And so TCU, not uh, super highly represented on this preseason media team, but this is not the one that matters. The one that matters 
will be later on. I think the players that were there, Griffin Kell at, at kicker, which is – man, Griffin had kind of an uh, interesting start to his career, but he's become one of the more consistent kickers in this conference. Obviously, people think a lot of him for what he did last year. Johnny Hodges, Josh Newton, and Dominic Williams. Those are your guys. Let me know in the comments here on YouTube, or you can tweet at me. I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. Who got snubbed? Who do you feel like people are not talking about that is going to be on one of these all Big 12 teams when the season ends? What player are you looking at? Is it Savion Williams at wide receiver? Maybe like Trey Sanders at running back, Chandler Morris at quarterback, Marcel Brooks at the linebacker position on the defensive side of the ball. Who is it? that you're looking at, Johnson Backs, could he be a potential defensive newcomer of the year? Who's the guy that you're saying, maybe this is this guy's under the radar, maybe he just got snubbed, he's not really under the radar, people just aren't thinking about him. Who's the player on this TCU football team that you see as an all-Big 12 type of talent um, that got left off this list or will be saying his name at the end of the season because of what he did for the Frogs. When we come back, I will answer your questions about yesterday's episode. We talked recruiting on Wednesday. We'll do that next. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. Again, it's your team every day. I talk about them frequently. If you uh, are a frequent listener of or viewer on YouTube of the show, you know about FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, the best sports book out there. There's so many now. There's so many different options when it comes to sports betting. Why should you go with FanDuel? They've been around for a while. They're also just reliable. They have a safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. You can also go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to take advantage of their no-sweat first bet deal. You can bet on baseball games right now. MLB is in full swing at the moment. MLB games going strong. Rangers are playing the Red Sox. They've split the first two games. A rubber game tomorrow. You can make parlays. You can make prop bets. You can just bet on the straight money line if you don't want to get too crazy. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn or that safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. Again, it's FanDuel, official betting partner of Major League Baseball. They have inroads in all the professional sports. NBA, MLB, NFL, FanDuel. It's where the game starts, and they are a proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs. And on yesterday's episode, I discussed uh, recruiting and TCU. They missed out on a couple four-star prospects, the safety position, uh, Peyton Morgan, Jordan Johnson-Rubel. And, you know, kind of where do you go from here? It seems like things have slowed down. The momentum slowed down a little bit for this team on the recruiting trail. What's the next step? And a few of you reacted to it, and so I want to read some of those comments and respond to them here. You can always do that in the YouTube comments, or you can tweet at me at Simcox. Steven, the show is at Locked on TCU. Craig said, uh, I think TCU is at a point where they could go either way. Um, one view is they made the top game. The only way we could go is down. I'd say most analysts have taken that road, but TCU is also being overlooked, and they have to find a way to play above the level that we thought they would be able to. Um, last year probably changed opinions of both analysts and players. If we have a bad year, it will be a setback. There is so much to be gained or lost this season. Yeah, I think you make some good points, Craig. Um, I talked last week about just how important this year is from a perception standpoint for TCU. You know, I think one good thing about this current – well, I guess you could perceive it as a good or bad thing. But one thing about this current generation, these kids – I'm 30 years old. I shouldn't be talking about these kids like I'm so much older than them. But I'm not sure – I know there probably are some guys – that are just football nerds and love the game and want to sit down and watch, you know, a college football game on any given Saturday and are 
uh, really tuned in to what's going on across the country. But I think a lot of these players, they're really busy. They're playing ball. They're, you know, in high school, they're going about their business. They might not be as up on, um, you know, who TCU is or, or not even just TCU specifically, but outside of some of the brand names of Blue Blood schools, they might not be super well-versed in what those schools have to offer. And so making it to the national championship game was a huge step. Winning a game in the college football playoff was a huge step, another step in the process of making sure TCU is a name that people recognize in the college football world. The uh, question now is can you sustain it and can you make up for falling foul on your face on the biggest stage? Can you make people forget that? One good thing about this is, People change their mind very frequently. You know, attention spans are short. Like, I think people forget things quickly. And I can work both ways. I think there are schools like Baylor and Oklahoma State that were riding high on the level of TCU from a national perspective because of where they got to. But, you know, playing in Big 12 championship games, winning Big 12 championships, um, looking like the momentum was trending towards them having some staying power. And then you have one bad season or two bad seasons, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, you have guys <clears throat> hitting the transfer portal, um, going different directions, staff shakeups. These things can go uh, one way or the other very quickly. And so, yes, I agree with you, Greg. I think this year is pivotal. You don't have to go 12-0 and 0 again. But can you find a way to win eight to ten games, show some consistency, show the ability to uh, – have same power and can you pull off some upsets can you pull off one or two upsets maybe games people aren't expecting you to win to show like no we are still <clears throat> the big dog here it's not texas and OU they're leaving it's not kansas state it's not texas tech which is supposedly a dark horse according to everybody it's still tcu and that's the team to look for and that's the team to beat moving forward um, Nelson said, I think the hard part is not being first on the visit list. Look at Wesco. Clemson blew his doors off apparently at the first visit, and Dabo had the stupid rules. With Texas, the only thing I can think of is an IL money. So um, what Nelson's referring to is Bryant Wesco went to Clemson. He actually went to USC, I believe, before he went to Clemson. But you make a good point. He went to Clemson for an official visit before he went to TCU. Apparently loved it. You know, they super impressed what they were doing, which makes sense. Clemson's the national power. And decided he was going to commit. And Dabo has a rule, which Britt Venables has carried with him to Oklahoma, which is once you make a commitment, you don't take any more visits. Like if you're going to make a – if you don't – if you want to take more visits, don't make a commitment. If you want to keep the process open, keep the process open. But if you're going to commit, that means you're going to commit. And commits are not binding. I mean, now, like signing days, I'm technically binding because guys get out of their NIL from time to time, um, or national letter of intent, I should say. But Dabo has, you know, this rule, he has this theory, and he's he puts a lot of pressure on guys to stick to that. And so if they were able to get West Coast on campus, if TC was able to do that, I think it would be a very low-maintenance, low-profile thing that they would try not to let get out. But it's going to be tough to – you know, convince him now because you can't get him on campus. You can't really have him communicating his son with coaches. So, yes, that's a good point. As far as Texas goes, yeah, Texas is paying people, right? Like they're throwing money out there. Texas A&M is doing the same thing. Um, but I would also say, like, UT is getting a bump uh, in a couple of different ways. Steve Sarkeesian's a good recruiter. I think he's put together a good staff. Um, they're moving on to the SEC, which I know Brian Smith said he doesn't think that's going to be a huge deal for Texas because they all they always recruited a high level. 
Um, and so it's not going to be like as big of a bump for them as maybe as it will be for Oklahoma. But I still think there's some cachet that comes with that going to the SEC, which is, you know, unquestionably the best conference in America at the moment. And um, if these things kind of come in waves and there's a lot of momentum, like if you can get a big time player to commit, it can cause a snowball effect. And so I feel like I know this is a totally different class, but, you know, Arch committing last year was a huge win for them. And it, it's kind of carried them you know, through that 2023 cycle and now in 2024. And so uh, I do feel like Texas has a lot to offer. Now, do they develop players at a high level? Um, no, they haven't really proven that. They haven't proven that they can win the Big 12 in a long time, and all those things are true. But, I mean, the recruiting pitch is what it is, and it's still there. And, uh, you know, you have to compete with that. And there was somebody on Twitter, bear with me as I pull up this uh, this response or this question to me. Somebody on Twitter has a comment on um, – Yesterday's show, uh, Pivot Table Prince is the username here. Personally, I think TCU 2024 recruiting is kaput. I think we were promised all the NIL needed to be competitive with the four-star players we have in the class now. What do you think about recent recruiting? I don't think it's kaput. I mean, I still think there's a lot of guys out there. Um, you know, they've missed out on some big names. They've also landed some big names. I mean, some of the guys that they really wanted, Kyle Baker, Ross Haney, Travis Jackson, um, there's there's players that they've gone and gotten that I think are big name blue chip players. It just hasn't been the um, total cleanup job that people thought they might be able to do coming off a national championship appearance. And so that's a tough thing that you have to deal with. But there's still a lot of time here. We're in July. Like there is still plenty of time for them to get talented players, and hopefully they can do that moving forward as we uh, get closer to football season. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with a note about a transfer uh, portal edition that TCU Baseball pulled off on Wednesday evening. We'll do that next on Locked on Horned Frogs. Final thing for you here in Locked on Horned Frogs, uh, TCU landed a player in the transfer portal. No, it was not Chase Burns, a Tennessee pitcher, but Peyton Chancier, uh, old Miss second baseman, won a national championship a couple years ago with the Rebels um, and played well in that series. For his career, he hit uh, 265 with 31 home runs, 36 doubles, and 127 RBIs and 183 starts at second base for Ole Miss. So really experienced player, has another year of eligibility because of uh, COVID rules. And, I mean, I think this tells you, you know, you can't totally predict the future, but it seems like if they're bringing in a second baseman with this many starts of this caliber, uh, I believe Trey Richardson's probably gone. Now, Trey, it, and we'll see what happens. Drafts is coming up here in a couple of days. I believe it starts on July 11th, and so Trey's probably hearing from MLB scouts he's going to be drafted. Um, he's been he's been playing college baseball for a long time, and if he goes the pro route, <clears throat> best of luck to him. Um, he was a fantastic addition for TCU last year. Had an amazing season. Was a huge part of that College World Series run this past year, uh, and so you know I, I would be floored at this point if he came back just because of it was already sort of expected that he might move on, and now. You're adding a player in the portal that plays his position. That's a vet. I can't imagine that Trey's plan is to be back at TCU. So big time ad here. Um, TCU doing a really nice job in the portal, and we'll continue to monitor that over the uh, coming weeks and months as they try to build on the momentum from that College World Series appearance in 2023. That'll do it for Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening or watching wherever you do. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, thanks again. I'm Steven Simcox. Have a good day, night, whenever it is you're listening.